Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 119 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. The show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Golf Club Wasteland and The Medium on Xbox One. The games coming out this week include Sonic Colors Ultimate, Crown Trick, Surviving Mars Below and Beyond, Bus Simulator 21, Struggling, The Artful Escape, Toy Soldiers HD, Hindsight 2020 Wrath of the Rakasha, Blood Rain Betrayal Fresh Bites, Boulder Dash Deluxe, Nuclear Throne, Tales of Arise, Lost in Random, Life is Strange True Colors, can't wait for that one, NBA 2K22, From Earth to Heaven, and A Day Without Me. New games for Xbox Game Pass have been announced, and they include the following. Available now, you can play on Cloud Console and PC, Surgeon Simulator 2, Signs of the Sojourner, and Craftopia. On console and PC, you can play Final Fantasy XIII. Available September 7th on console and PC, you can play Crown Trick. And on September 19th, you can play Breathridge on cloud console and PC, Nuclear Throne on console and PC, and The Artful Escape on console and PC. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Microsoft has exclusive Xbox news planned for Tokyo Game Show 2021. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, Microsoft will hold a special Xbox presentation at Tokyo Game Show 2021 later this month that will feature some, quote, exclusive news, end quote. According to the official event website, Microsoft will present a 50-minute showcase on September 30th at 5 a.m. Eastern. Microsoft isn't giving anything away about what will feature during the Xbox Tokyo Game Showcase 2021, but a blurb explaining the presentation says the company has some, quote, exclusive news and content to share, end quote. During last year's Tokyo Game Show, Microsoft announced Microsoft Flight Simulator's first world update, which focused on Japan, upgrading the digital elevation mapping across the entire country, and updating photogrammetry for six cities. What Microsoft has planned for this year's showcase is anyone's guess, but it's more than likely it will be geared towards the Japanese market. Square Enix will also be holding a new Square Enix Presents livestream on October 1st, and other companies such as Capcom, Bandai Namco, 505 Games, and Konami will also be holding livestreams. This is a little surprising to see Microsoft making another splash at Tokyo Game Show, considering the Xbox is absolutely tanked in that market. Phil Spencer has been outspoken about wanting to make a bigger splash there, so hopefully this is a step in the right direction again, coming back at 2021, and hopefully so they have some big news to share. Number 2. Halo Infinite Why the Campaign Wasn't Shown During Gamescom Wesley LeBlanc at IGN writes, Halo Infinite received quite the spotlight during Gamescom's One Night Live showcase, including the reveal of the game's December 8th release date, but more of the game's campaign wasn't shown. Fans were disappointed when Halo Infinite's campaign failed to make an appearance during Gamescom, citing concerns they have considering the game's release is just a couple of months away, and the last time the campaign was shown in a big capacity was over a year ago. However, 343 Industries has seen and heard the disappointment over the campaign's lack of appearance during Gamescom, and Halo Infinite head of creative Joseph Staten has now addressed where the campaign was as reported by GameSpot. Quote, we're at a critical phase in the flight that is Halo Infinite, so it's extremely important to avoid distractions and stay focused on mission-critical tasks only, end quote, Staten wrote in the latest Inside Infinite news post. Quote, for campaign, that means putting maximum effort into ensuring the wide-open, adventure-filled experience they'll all get to play on December 8th is as great as it can possibly be, and gameplay demos and trailers not only take a huge amount of effort to do well, they also take cycles away from bugs and other shutdown tasks, end quote. In short, when developing a game, creating a gameplay demo or story trailer, which is probably what fans wanted to see of the game's campaign during One Night Live, 
takes time and takes time away from developers that would otherwise be working on the full game release. Stan continued in the blog and explained that he's in the middle of a campaign playthrough and that he can't wait to get home from Gamescom to continue. Quote, I hope you all take comfort from the fact that honestly I can't wait to get back home, fire up the build, and hit continue on the campaign, end quote, Stan said. Quote, no matter how many times I play, Halo Infinite remains fundamentally super fun to play, and we are very eager to share all the fun with you through captured gameplay, trailers, and other content once we get this plane safely on the ground, end quote. Staten's statement comes from the same Halo Infinite news post where 343 Industries explained that Halo Infinite's multiplayer progression is tied to challenges rather than XP-based leveling. Just a day before all this, Staten also revealed that the game will be released without campaign co-op or Forge at launch. A lot of interesting things to take away from here, and a couple of red flags in my opinion. I think it's absolutely a red flag that we have not seen more of the campaign in action since that disappointing demo to a lot of people last year during E3. This game is so close to launch and I understand it and I get it based on what he's saying, but Halo is the flagship title of Xbox. You need to pull together as many resources as you can to assure the audience that they're going to have a smooth launch, an exciting launch, and a good game. They keep holding back features and other content, just like the XP-based leveling, which they noted in their blog would be coming after launch by saying it won't be available at launch. I don't like that either, it shouldn't be just tied to challenges, you should be able to be rewarded for every match you play. Lots to come, I can't wait to see how this title plays out on December 8th. Number 3, Battlefield 2042 beta release date set for September 22nd, it is claimed. Andy Robinson at VGC writes, The Battlefield 2042 beta release date has been set for September 22nd, which is according to information shared by both credible leaker Tom Henderson and GamesBeat journalist Jeff Grubb. Grubb said during a Giant Bomb show on Thursday that he had corroborated the date shared by Henderson with his own sources. On Wednesday, an Italian retailer claimed that the Battlefield 2042 beta would take place next week. However, the latest reporting appears to debunk that particular listing. Electronic Arts has previously confirmed that Battlefield 2042's beta will launch in September, but has yet to give an official date. EA Play members and customers who pre-order any version of the game will receive early access to the open beta. Grubb also shared information on Battlefield's Hazard Zone on Thursday, which appears to partially corroborate a previous leak claiming that it would play similar to Escape from Tarkov. This is very exciting, I cannot wait to get my hands on Battlefield 2042. I am far more excited about this one than Call of Duty this year. I have it pre-ordered, I have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, I will be playing this beta. Number 4, Gotham Knights Suicide Squad to re-emerge at DC Fandom. Tom Phillips at Eurogamer writes, The long-awaited Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will get a fresh airing at DC Fandom 2021 to be held on October 16th, 2021. We'll also get details on Fortnite's next DC Comics crossover, following its previous and very popular Batman Fortnite zero-point mini-series. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the next game from Rocksteady, developer of the main Batman Arkham trilogy, and a continuation of the studio's Arkhamverse. He plays a roster of characters including Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, and Captain Boomerang. It's in development for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S only. Gotham Knights, meanwhile, is the upcoming game from Batman Arkham Origins, studio Warner Brothers Games Montreal, this is due first sometime in 2022 and will still be a cross-gen game on consoles and PC. Separate from the Arkhamverse, Gotham Knights will deliver an open world playable both solo and cooperatively as Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin following the supposed death of Bruce Wayne. Over in Fortnite land, Batman is due to cross over once again with the Battle Royale's lore. A one-shot comic, which early listings have revealed to be titled Batman Fortnite Foundation, looks set to reveal more about the pivotal character apparently voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This is very exciting. Gotham Knights is something that has really piqued my interest, and I've never played an Arkham game. It's one of my biggest piles of shame in the video game backlog. 
and I'm very intrigued by Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Rocksteady is obviously renowned as one of the best video game developers out there, and the trailer did get me. Can't wait. Number five, Brendan Player Unknown Green leaves PUBG Corp creates new independent studio. Matt Kim at IGN writes. Brandon Green, aka Player Unknown, and the creator of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, has announced the formation of a new independent game studio in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Green was originally a modder whose experiments with the battle royale genre eventually led to the creation of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. He was later hired by Bluehole to continue developing the game under the newly formed PUBG Studios. Following the success of PUBG, Bluehole renamed itself Crafton, and in 2019, Green announced he was stepping away from PUBG to work on experimental projects with a small team in Amsterdam. However, Green is now leaving the company altogether to form his own independent studio, though Crafton will hold a minority stake in Green's new company. Well, I'm so very grateful to everyone at PUBG and Crafton for taking a chance on me and for the opportunities they afforded me over the past four years. Today, I'm excited to take the next step on my journey to create the kind of experience I've envisioned for years, and quote, Green says in a statement. Green's new studio hasn't revealed its name or what it's working on, but in 2019, Green said he's done with the battle royale genre. I put this on this week as Player Unknown, or Brandon Green, is one of the most famous people of the last decade. His work creating PUBG, whether you like the game or not, really kicked off the battle royale genre and led to Fortnite and the biggest game in the world. I personally have come to hate PUBG even though I was all over it and so excited for it to come to Xbox. I just can't get behind the gameplay anymore, it's too so, too clunky, and I hate the gunplay. Number 6. Windows 11 launches for free in October, promising, quote, the best Windows ever for gaming, end quote. Chris Scullion at Video Games Chronicle writes, In a new post on the official Windows blog, Windows marketing GM Aaron Woodman stated that the free upgrade to Windows 11 will begin rolling out on October 5th to eligible Windows 10 PCs. Woodman also stated, quote, Windows 11 delivers the best Windows ever for gaming and unlocks the full potential of your system's hardware with technology like DirectX 12 Ultimate, Direct Storage, and Auto HDR, end quote. Windows 11 will have a new Microsoft Store rebuilt with a new design to make it easier for users to find apps and games. At some point after launch, the OS will also support the ability to launch Android apps, meaning users will be able to play Android games on their PC as well as their phone or tablet. Microsoft announced in June that Windows 11 will include the Auto HDR and Direct Storage functionality currently enjoyed by Xbox Series X and S owners. An article in Xbox Wire explained how Windows 11's gaming's features will include the Xbox Series X and S tech to improve the gaming experience on PC. Auto HDR will automatically add high dynamic range HDR image enhancements to any games built on DirectX 11 or higher, even if they previously only featured standard dynamic range. This will allow for a wider range of brightness values and colors making the image more vivid. Windows 11 will also include direct storage, which is part of the Xbox Velocity architecture featured in Series X and S consoles. Direct storage lets games quickly load assets to the graphics card without putting strain on the CPU, meaning titles can feature detailed game worlds at extremely fast speeds without long load times. Players will need to have a quote, high performance NVMe SSD and the proper drivers to access direct storage and Windows PCs marked Direct storage optimized, end quote, and will be sold to let those buying a new computer know if it's compatible out of the box. For all the PC gamers out there, this has got to be exciting. Windows and Xbox gaming, especially Xbox Game Pass for PC, just all don't get along very well right now. A lot of opportunities for improvement, and hopefully they're addressing a lot of that in this Windows 11 rollout, if you can take advantage if you have the right drive and drivers. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is about an exclusivity deal and how much Microsoft was willing to pay. Credit to Andy Robinson at VGC. 
Xbox's Tomb Raider timed exclusivity deal was reportedly worth $100 million. That's according to the LinkedIn profile of former Square Enix corporate development director Fabian Rossini, the exec who claims to have negotiated the deal with Microsoft. Rossini's profile was widely circulated on social media this week before the claim was seemingly edited out, but none before it was archived by a Twitter user. If accurate, the figure offers a rare glimpse into the actual cost of platform exclusivity deals. However, it's likely that the figure mentioned by Rossini includes other elements beyond the straight deal price, such as marketing commitments or advance on profits. The 100 million figure will be roughly in line with another high-profile exclusivity deal that recently had its figure shared in the public domain, the Epic Games Store deal for Borderlands 3. I love hearing about this side of the industry. $100 million is insane when you think about it. They paid all of that money for just one year of console exclusivity. That is wild, and it was coming at a time where Xbox had no exclusive, the Xbox One was losing so badly to PlayStation, so it's fascinating to hear a tale of untold times. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share it with your friends, and leave a review. This past week, I've had no time to play any video games. I need to finish Psychonauts 1 so I can start Psychonauts 2, but at this point, I guess I'm going to have to hold off on Psychonauts 2 until I play Life is Strange True Colors because I absolutely love the Life is Strange franchise. My name is Brandon Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Nice Labor Day, stay safe, and keep on gaming.